That's on Metro episode 54, and the Red Bulls have lost three in a row. They lost 2-1 on Sunday to Minnesota United. It's no stretch to say that this has been the worst three games in a row we've seen from the Red Bulls in years. Talk about it. It's Liam. With me is Chris. And over Google Hangout, trusty Google Hangout, we got Greg. It took a long time to get this one together. Chris had to come through. All right, let's just get right into it. Red Bulls lose 2-1 to one in Minnesota United. The game starts out and we see a completely new formation. And immediate thoughts on it. We were talking about it, talking about how he could switch the lineup. I don't know if we thought he would do it this soon. We didn't think he'd do it this soon or just completely switch the formation. Yeah. I didn't see this coming. I didn't see... Um... I thought it would take a couple more bad results to get something like this. And, you know, without even getting into the game, I liked the thought. I, I thought... Yeah, it was, yeah, I think the thought was good. I mean, you see a different change. Obviously, this lineup that he was using before, like, the variations weren't working. So, why not change it up? And... I think the starting lineup kind of gave a good balance to the team. With Caceres, you get a little bit more bite. Wheel maybe could play in wider positions. A lot of the talk, though, was that Shakovsky wasn't even in the 18. Daniel Royer was on the bench. And we saw Epps, Derek Etienne come back into the 18. And maybe not so surprisingly, though, Chris, your boy, Andreas Ivan. He's down with Rebels, too. Yes, disappointing. I mean, Epps was a big surprise on the bench because I don't think, besides Columbus, I don't think he's made the 18. But I kind of, I think I predicted Caceres to start. I didn't think it would be that. I didn't think he would completely change the lineup, but I figured Caceres, like you said, would bring a different game to it. And I was excited when I saw a lineup with Jorgensen and BWP, but Jorgensen obviously didn't have a great game so but you can't really put the blame on him yeah yeah and we see Matthias Jorgensen for really the first time in you know extended minutes and you know this is what I wrote a piece about how could we get Matthias Jorgensen on the field and it be natural it would obviously come in a sort of four triple two I guess we could talk about that to start off. Matthias Jorgensen didn't look too good. Yeah, he didn't look good. I mean, I don't think BWP really looked good either, but even Jorgensen, like, he got on the ball a few times and just, he just seemed a step too slow. Just passes weren't good. He took one shot that, I mean, just completely skied. So. I mean,. Yeah, I mean, BWP, we've talked about, has been disappointing, you know, the past couple of games, and, you know, I don't think that Armis should resort to just Jorgensen up top, because I think that's a little too soon and a little panic, and, you know, even though BWP is 34 and he hasn't really been performing, you know, he's still, you know, a top goal scorer in the league, so I don't think it's time for him to, to be benched or anything like that, but after the formation change, 
you know, we kind of don't know which formation Armis is going to run against Kansas City. Is he going to go with a triple two again, or does he just go back to the four two three one? But Shakovsky not in the eighteen is kind of a question because we know how Armis loves Shakovsky, but Caceres clearly in my opinion, was probably one of the men of the match for us if we had to choose one, probably him or even Robles for making a great save to save it from being 3-1 to one at the end. All right, so let's talk about Caceres. Um, we're, it's going to come down to Shakovsky and Caceres. What do you guys think are the major differences and who would you roll with to next week and, you know, potentially, you know, if you had, if you were the coach personally for the rest of the season or something like that, I mean, I'd go with Caceres right now just because I don't want to say roll with the hot hand, but from watching the game, he was more creative than Shikovsky was. I felt like he was opening the game up more with his passes. I feel like Shikovsky kind of just plays like kind of sideways and just passes it, you know. Doesn't make that extra long ball, but Caceres, on the defensive side also, he was, you know, pressing, and he was getting in tackles and stuff like that, so I think that you should start Caceres, but I think Shikovsky should be in the 18, because it's kind of like, I don't want to say a disrespect to him, not making the 18, but he should be the first center mid off the bench, you know. I think we're having some technical difficulties, <laughs> Greg. Man, this this is annoying, but no, for sure. And looking at the two of them, they're really different players. Again, they offer completely different things, and it's going to be a struggle for Chris Armis to find that you know uh, perfect combination and. It's weird that Tchaikovsky doesn't even make the 18. Um, and he said it really just boiled down to the fact that there's just so many good players, so many options that, you know, somebody's not going to make it on a given week. And that week it happened to be Tchaikovsky. Greg, are you there? Oh, this is... This is grinding my gears man um we're gonna we're gonna have to call greg we're, we're just gonna call greg on facetime uh, mid show <laughs> i can't edit this one out no yo yo <laughs> dude i was talking the whole time what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> All right, so right now we're, we're talk. We were, we'll finish up on Caceres. I want to to know what you thought about his game and what he brings differently than than Tchaikovsky. I think he's just a lot better in possession, um, and he he's pretty good defensively too. I don't know. I, I like him a lot better. I mean, there was one pass where he played with his left foot, where he switched the field out onto the other wing. I don't remember who it was too, but. I was just really impressed, and then he got the goal, too, which uh, he was just in the right spot at the right time. I liked what I saw, and I like Chris said before, I think he was the man of the match. Yeah. No, I mean, it's hard to kind of argue with that, but 
somebody. I mean, yeah, I don't think he had like an incredible game. He had a good game, but yeah. it's it's also just the rest of the team didn't have a good game too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it definitely shines when the rest of the team didn't play well. Two guys that maybe didn't have a great game. I don't know if you guys think one player had a a worse game over the other, but Aaron Long and Tim Parker really haven't been the the duo that we're used to seeing. What do you guys make of it, and, and what happened on those two goals? Yeah, Parker, I think, looks worse than Long. I think at times Long has looked bad, but I feel like Parker just hasn't looked good really this season other than um, the win over the Earthquakes. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of worrying just because, like, we haven't faced Carlos Vea yet. We haven't faced Wayne Rooney. Vatan's coming up soon, you know. We're going up against, you know, I don't want to disrespect, but like Wando, Nikolic, Dwyer didn't even play. Minnesota, they don't really have a star striker. Body, yeah. So it's, it's kind of worrying just, you know, for the rest of the season. You know, they need to step their game up. And I think that away at Kansas City is probably one of the tougher arenas to play in MLS. And I think that they definitely need to have a good game. Even though Kansas City, they don't really know what they're doing at their number nine either. But at the moment, it seems like it's Nemeth. Yeah. And I guess he's on a similar level as like a, a Nikolic. Yes, I would say At the that. moment. Um, so, it, yeah, it's, it's worrying. And, you know, I have to say, it, I was, you know, halfway through the season last year, Tim Parker obviously a huge impact in the team but i was like look if they really got a good offer on him you you could you could or you know if he walks whatever um they sign him and and then he gets a uh, somebody coming in trying to sign him get rid of him or if he walks okay you have fidel escobar i i thought fidel escobar could you know fill in admirably but tim parker's had some rough games had some mistakes I think when you see the Dunlady goal, he kind of overcommitted and just got turned. You see the second goal, and it's a little fortuitous, the bounce, and he gets a little unlucky, but just really no like awareness that there's a player behind him. And it just seems like the Red Bulls are getting unlucky at times because it's not even like they're sustaining constant pressure. It's just like these one or two errors in the game that prove really costly. And it honestly has been falling on more often than not Tim Parker and Aaron Long. I think Mario, too, is also. Yes. Like a lot of people mm-hmm. at the stadium were saying, like he's like we say, he's lazy. If you see they screenshot a picture on the first goal, like Mario's like standing almost at the edge of the box. And Tim Parker, a lot of times what I see, he has to move over and cover for Mario and it's not really a problem with him getting forward and I don't I don't have a problem with him getting forward but it's just when he gets forward he needs to track back and get back into position I feel like a lot of times like he's kind of lazy and he kind of shows off a little bit and Parker has to constantly I think cover towards you know almost near the corner flag where Mario should be yeah it's interesting you bring that up too because there was that one play in which Tim Parker made a great run to get in front of a shot and not even let it, you know, come to Luis Robles 
at that same time, Murillo was tracking back too, but it just didn't seem like he ran hard enough. Yeah. And Tim Parker yelled at him, screaming. Yeah, I was right in front of me. Yeah. yeah. And when I say when I say the second goal with Ibarra, you know, I'm not saying that it was Tim Parker's fault. I'm just saying maybe he could have did a little bit better with positioning himself. But if you look at Murillo on that goal, he's just standing there and yeah. watching okay. as well. And he should have known that that you know he has to at least be near Ibarra. Yeah. So getting off of just like individual performances and maybe, um, and getting back to formation and tactics. Chris Armis, he might continue to tinker, mess around with the formation, maybe find uh, a couple roles for players. Get some guys in, see if they're the best personnel for the lineups. I've always been of this opinion that maybe doing this early on, suffering some results, could be worth it in the long run. But Or do you guys think that maybe he's messing up something that is proven to work? No, I agree. I think it's definitely good that, that he tinkers with this now because... The problem that we've had in the playoffs when we get there is that everyone knows how we're going to play. If we tinker now and play around with different formations and try it now, and I don't want to say meaningless games, but a little less meaning on these games, uh, you know, if you can get another formation and, and play decently in that, then that'll give you another way of attack in the playoffs. You know, if the four-two-three-one isn't working, you have something else to switch to. Yeah, I think that. The opposition that we're facing is, you know, you could say easy points that we should be picking up. Like we said, I think when the season come out, Columbus was really the only game that was kind of worrying for us because we knew there was going to be lineup changes with CCL, but all these other teams we should have beat. So it kind of sucks that we didn't pick up the early points. But at the end of the day, you know, we'll hopefully get hot at, in the summer you know, start beating all these better teams. So it's better to, you know, change with formations and stuff to figure out your best personnel now than mid-season not knowing your best 11. At the same time, though, right, you said playing opposition that you shouldn't be losing to that weren't good in 2018. And up until Minnesota, not making any real drastic changes, and you lose to those teams playing the way you've been playing and you don't look good at all and then you change things up and it looked a little bit better at first maybe when wheel went down and royer came in things just weren't as good but you still don't really look that good and i just hope they find whatever it is that they that works for them that that you know honestly gets the most out of kaku because kaku hasn't for a long time and and then you maybe go back to the 4-2-3-1 at times you know play a little differently to the opponent opponent almost week to week because i just feel like that's going to be the the best way in the end for playoff um success and we've seen that their stubbornness to change has hurt them when they need a result on the week. And having some flexibility is going to be huge. And honestly, 
at the moment, I don't. I will ask you guys. I, I just almost feel like the the way that they were pressing a four two three one, they almost can't do it anymore. Yeah, I can potentially agree with that. I feel like because there's no Tyler Adams in that midfield that makes it hard. Um, Kaku just hasn't been really that good either. And then the wing plays another big problem that we've had. Just not consistent enough. Maybe another formation change, you know, maybe like a 4-3-1-2 just with Shikovsky, Caceres, and Davis. Kaku in front, and then BWP with Jorgensen or Royer. Maybe just the, the high press and playing out wide and stuff isn't really working right now, so that's an option, but I don't see how he's going to do that. Then it's just going to be a surplus of wingers on the bench. Yeah, and I mean, it almost seems like they're already yeah. it's destined to be like that anyway. Uh, we'll wrap up on just this one thing, because it's something that I've talked about on the show. Like, when you put Royer into the game, it didn't look good. <laughs> um, and if they want to try this 4 triple 2 if you're a fan of Andreas Ivan, I almost feel like there's, you know, Omir Fernandez could go in there. Even Etienne can go in there. I just think you Epps, a- too. I didn't think Epps looked bad yeah. when he came on. He just he got in good positions, but he just... Couldn't get it done in the final third. Like, his crosses just weren't good, but... Yeah, if you're going to play such a vertical... I mean, that's the Red Bulls, but if you're going to play so, you know, narrow, right, with Jorgensen in the middle and BWP too, and Jorgensen really wasn't running the channels or BWP even getting into pockets, I think you need a guy that can kind of stretch the field both vertically and, like, you know, get getting out wide because Royer, Royer really can't do that for you. I think Ivan, too, like, Etienne's good, like, 1v1 and stuff and, you know, bringing the play out wide, but I think that Ivan may be, like, the most skillful winger we have. So I think, like, having those 1v1 skills going up against outside backs could definitely benefit, especially when you have a fullback overlapping, you know, you have... Like, Ivan and Lawrence on the same side. Like, mm-hmm. Lawrence making a run. Ivan, you know, make a few moves, dust off. De- I feel like he could dust off defenders easily. Then then Royer can't, is not going to, yeah. you know, skillfully meg somebody and go around them and stuff. And, and Wheel, too. I mean, yeah. and Wheel, too. Like, he looked good in the opening, and maybe the game would have been different if he would have been in there because we say, you know, people have their criticisms about Wheel. But if you want to, he can make a pass. He can yeah. make a splitting pass. He can dribble. Like, maybe he doesn't give you anything spectacular, but he can do he can do some things that Royer can't. Um, all right, so that was the Minnesota game. We're going to talk about SKC up next and also some news around MLS. Looking at the two, they're pretty notched up evenly. 22 wins for the Red.
doubles, 22 losses, 13 ties. Before winning against SKC, beating SKC in July of 2018, Red Bulls lost three straight times to Kansas City. Coming into this year, Kansas City is once again a pretty strong team. They're 2-2-1 on the year, dealing with CCL in the midst of that. They tied Cincinnati 1-1 over the weekend. Before that, they beat Montreal 7-1, one of the most emphatic wins we've seen in recent MLS history, to be honest with you. And they have the second leg of CCL semifinals tomorrow night, but... They lost 5-0 down in Monterey. And we could just start with that one. Greg, I know you're opinionated on that. It was a brutal loss. Like I was saying before, I just don't get how in this big of a game, like you lose that bad. I understand it's on the road in Mexico. It's not easy to play there, but I just like, even after like 2-3-0, like, I feel like you just have to tighten up, you know? I feel you. Honestly, though, I think they came out and they, they wanted to play, which is a little admirable, I guess, because teams in CCL... Okay, you say it's admirable, but then they go on yeah, to but lose then you five lose. nothing. So but it's then like... you lose. No, 100%. It's exactly what happened when we played Atlanta, where we were trying to get that away goal, and instead of just, you know, ending the game and parking the bus, you could say they tried to go for that away goal and then they scored another and another you know that's kind of how i thought of it yeah look to be honest with you with the red bulls right um against like chivas last year in the semifinals i wanted the red bulls to go down to guadalajara and try to get an away goal and try to take it to them because i just thought the red bulls were better than chivas and looking back on it, i still think that they were better than chivas last year SKC is not better than Monterey this year, nor ever. Mon- this Monterey team is so good. I, to be like Greg, you say like, how do you lose five nothing? Like I feel that, but right now, if if you know with salaries and everything, Monterey would have twelve DPS. Okay, but then if you want to talk about Tampa, salaries, then look at Juve compared to Ajax. That but we can't do that. Like that's not. What do you mean you can't do that? You're talking about salary. Different region. They're talking. That's an old. They can pay their players the the same way that they want. There's no cap. Yeah, but there's still a there's still a wage disparity between the two teams. Different. It's different, Greg. It's different. When you got. I feel like you I said, though, when you got five nothing's pretty bad. When you got Mitza and Gallardo going up against Graham Zusi on the wing, like. Come yeah. on, like I know I 100% agree with you in that they should have they yeah. should have said let's let's part. Let's. They're still five nothing. It, like, no. that's... after three, I would have just put defenders on. And just... I agree. I agree. Like even if you're at the same level, like. But yeah, I'm just seeing the case that either way, they would have got pummeled. If it, it would have been if they parked the bus. It probably would have been three nothing. Yeah. It wouldn't have been all that much better. And I guess we can really say now that SKC probably doesn't deserve you know, they, they you know, they beat Toluca. Apparently Toluca then beat SK I mean beat uh Monterey handedly in Liga MX, so like nothing really makes sense. 
Um, but yeah, they have this game tomorrow night. They'll certainly be done. What kind of what would you do if you're Peter Vermees on the weekend? You're playing the Red Bulls. It's a good team. Your players, you know, just played at home, but they played midweek. What would what, what you guys do? Probably a rotated lineup because, especially because the Red Bulls just haven't looked good. And um, and is this this is a road uh, home game, right? This is a home game for SKC. Yeah. So I don't know. I think a rotated lineup. We'll probably see like Bustio. We might see like Kellen Rowe. Yeah, I want maybe Zalalem. Like who knows? Yeah, I wanted to say because like if you look at their lineup, right? They they pretty much go Gerso, Nemeth up top, Johnny Russell, then Gutierrez, Ilya, Espinoza, then Sinovic, Beisler, Fontas, Zusi, Melia. They have some injuries right now. Um, the Eric Hurtado's hurt, Rodney Wallace, Kellen Rowe, um, which are, are great options off the bench. But, you know, you do still have um, – oh, wait. Um, did I say Kellen Rowe was hurt? Yeah, Kellen Rowe's not no, hurt. No, he's yeah. not hurt. I meant Jalen Lindsay is, is hurt and Daniel Shallowy is hurt. They will have Kellen Rowe off the bench, Busio, Johan Cose, Zalalem, and a defender that they brought in, Barak. This is a very good team. Like, no matter how you... Even their bench is good. Their bench is really good. I mean, Busio looks great for a kid who's, what, 16? Yeah. Um, to me, I don't know how much rotation you really need to do. And um, I don't really think we'll see much rotation on the front line, maybe in the midfield. Didn't, didn't their... I think before Monterey, who did they play? In Cincinnati? No, Independiente in the Champions League. SKC? No, they... Before Monterey. No, they played... Played Toluca. Toluca, right? And didn't... No. No, it was Independ... It was the Panamanian team or something like that, right? Whatever. Whoever it was. Uh-huh. I think, like, Amelia didn't even start in goal for one of their games at home in the Champions League. And everyone was like, what are they doing? Or whatever. So I think... It's going to be, like, split. I think that even Milia won't start one of the two games. Yeah, you're right. They played Independiente. I don't yeah. know, because that was just, like, a non-series from the start. Right. Yeah. But, um, but I think it will be split squads. Yeah. I think in the midfield, you know, you might see, uh, I don't know. I mean, you could see Rowe come in there. Johnny Russell is a pretty durable player, something that Peter Vermees talked about a lot on Extra Time radio how impressed he's been with just week in week out he could handle the mls schedule so i wouldn't be surprised if you see johnny russell and the 4-3-3 is a formation that gives the red bulls a lot of trouble sometimes just gets them spread out um gives you know that forward a lot of space to operate in and um what challenges do you think SKC is going to throw up against the Red Bulls, especially right now they're struggling? I think it depends what lineup, but they, they their wingers are good. I mean, I doubt we'll see Jerson and Russell, but maybe we'll see one of them, who knows, but regardless, they just they know how to they know how to beat the Red Bulls. I mean, Vermees has been in the league for a while. Um they keep possession, they they're able to keep possession. They can even play the long ball at times too. I feel like they're just very flexible to adapt to, to the games. 
Johnny Russell, I think, is could be one of the underrated players for me in the league. I think he's very good. And uh, it's going to be him. He plays on the right, plays on the right, right wing. Cuts so in on his left. Yeah. Him against Kamar will probably be the battle to watch for the game. But SKC, you know, they lost 5 nothing, but they just beat Montreal 7-1. Like, this team can score. And the way we're defending right now is, you know, kind of worrying. I'm worried about Mario on the road. Like, that crowd, that that right in front of him, I just fear for the worst unless he starts, like, putting 100%. He just doesn't look like he's up to games. I don't know. Yeah, SKC's a good team. I mean, this is a team that I had winning MLS Cup last year before the season, and they lose Ike Opara and Diego Rubio in the off season, but they bring in guys and they just look like a good team through and through. And Zalalem in his first start, if he comes in, he'll be fun to watch in the center of midfield. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that SKC is a good team. And if the Red Bulls lose again, this has to be the biggest wake up call. You know, if you go to SKC and you look, you know, after all these performances. Just don't get embarrassed, I think, should be, like, the motto at this point. I mean, that's bad. Yeah. That's bad. I mean, if they were to take that, like, we just can't lose by more than one goal. Like, I I, I would like to think that they're going to come out and they're going to correct things, but it's hard to think that. Um, I'll, we'll end on this. I mean, have you guys seen the Red Bulls? Play this bad. When was the last time you remember Red Bulls like play this bad? I really don't remember, honestly. And that's a positive, right? That yeah, that we've been so consistently yeah. good. And maybe it puts like four games or three, four, you know, three games, and maybe it seems like we're overreacting, but I just really think that on the field it's looked bad. Yeah. So. We'll see. We'll see, and let's let's do predictions right now. What are you guys feeling? Three, uh, three, I want to say the Red Bulls bounce back, but three one. I think SKC will win three one. Yeah. Wow. Three, so one. it's both three one KC. Yeah. I don't want to be biased because of course I want to say the Red Bulls win, but I'm just I, I don't see how we can go on the road and beat them. Yeah, especially and and the fact that the Red Bulls are just not scoring, and you're going yeah. up against Beasler and Fontas, two good center backs, and from the wings you're not producing much, and they have they have decent fullbacks at that. Yeah, two nothing SKC. That's fair. It's been I don't know if we've ever were were all three of us settled. Yeah, I don't think so. I, we pretty much are, we I mean, kind of go positive. Yeah, yeah but uh, you have to, but at this point, I just feel like it, it's a tough, it's a tough match. I mean, I'm not expecting much, so. Yeah. If we even walk away with a point, I'll be, I'll be very happy. I'll be happy with a point at I, this point. Yeah. If they get a yeah. point, I'd be ha I just, biggest thing is, I just want to see them play well. Yeah. I want to see them score. I feel you, yeah, but, and that would mean that they're, that if they play, they have to, 
scored in order to play well yeah. in the current moment that we're in with the Red Bulls. The biggest thing that fans need to hope for is that they just look good. Because if you lose to SKC, it's not the worst thing no. in the world. All right, so that's with the Red Bulls, and we'll wrap it up talking about some stories around MLS. LAFC dominates DC. They went 4 nothing. Rooney gets sent off. Chris, I mean, Greg is asking a question here. It's early, but will they win Supporter Shield? And I'll throw it out there. Are they the best team in MLS? I wanted to ask that question, but I feel like it's it's too easy. That's a uh, that's a softball question right there. Right now, yeah, yeah. Right now, no. They they are. They're winning far. MLS Cup right now. Like, uh-huh. I don't see anybody like. We're lucky we're not playing them this week. If we played LAFC this week, it'd be like five six zero, honestly. But at the same, can Carlos Vela keep up this pace? Because right now, he's well, his problem, his biggest problem is going to be the Gold Cup. Exactly, yeah. and they're coming back from it. But he might not yep. get called because Mexico. Because he played in the World Cup last because year. They said and now. He didn't get called up for the last friendlies, and he said he's fine with not getting called up. Because that's been the story of yeah. the Mexican national team. So if he, Rossi's not getting called up. Yeah. Well, there's no. They, uh, who's going to get called up for the national team for LAFC? Mark Anthony K. That's it. Yeah. Zimmerman. Lee. Could be Zimmerman. Could be. Lee Wynn's not getting called up. No. Diamante's Liam wants gonna... to say Tyler Miller so badly right now. No, I was going to say Christian Ramirez. Ramirez, maybe. Maybe. No. The only sure is Mark Anthony K. So. Like, There's just so many other yeah. guys ahead of him at this point, I feel like. Yeah, I'm trying to think. And, yeah. No, nobody's getting called up. So, yeah, they're probably going to... That was my pick for Supporter Shield. Yeah, you got... I, I picked LAFC, just want to say that. Um, I guess before, it's crazy. When you look at the standings right now, I know Atlanta's played a game less, but they're in last place of the Atlanta, team. us, and NYC are all at the bottom. Yeah. It's, well, NYC we expected, but. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if we expected it that far down. No. They look bad, too. I and mean, their attendance, did you see that game? Yeah. yeah. There was like half of Look worse than ours. Half of our stadium. You they saw were the in. field. Yeah. Yeah. What did they say? A raccoon popped up. At <laughs> yeah, first base. dead raccoon. <laughs> um, I saw somebody out there um that went to the game said like, look, they don't care about it. It didn't seem like they watered the field. No. That's a sign. They don't care. If they, if you, yeah, and I mean, you you kind of already know this that probably the Yankees are fed up with them. Yeah. All right. So there's some rumors about Robin to MLS. How are you guys feeling on that? And where would you like to see him? The rumor is, is Toronto. Well, Taylor Twelman said that's not happening. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to take his word for it. But I don't know. I think he'd be good in the MLS. Uh, I think for like two, three years, he'd be pretty good. I don't know what team he could really go to. I guess I, I feel like the fire Chicago. would be yeah. like yeah. I feel like the fire like even Cincinnati, With Cincinnati would be pretty there. cool. Yeah, could influence Robin's. Because although he's not German, he played for Bayern for so long. Yeah, because really, other than Schweinsteiger, who does he have a relationship with in MLS? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that that would be a good place, and I think it would probably make Chicago. It would make Chicago a playoff team. 
and it would make yeah. them care about playing at Soldier Field and all this. It would bring people like you would hope. Yeah. You would hope, but you never know. Um, he's not really. He's not as a lot of time. I would like to think that uh, a Lewandowski would bring more people to Chicago, but I just don't even know not that. The, not more than Robin. That's what I'm saying, and that isn't that kind of like, damn, that's that's sad because Lewandowski, he's still in his prime, you can say, age-wise. Yeah, but Robin's just a bigger name, though. I, I mean, it sucks to say, but I feel like with these European guys, I feel like they're not going to get as much of a draw as, like, if Chicharito went to Chicago, even though it's Chicago, I think... There's a big I feel like it's population. like the Spanish, like Brazil, Argentina, Mexico, like, and the whole Spanish players would bring more to it than it just. I don't know. I from, disagree. Like via, I well Zlatan is the exception. Via via Spanish. Yeah. European. Yeah. I know what you're saying. The Hispanic. Rooney. Yeah. Rooney has brought people to to the stadium. Because Lampard, when Lampard came in, like, Henry, it was just like, eh. I think Beckham. people were excited about Lamp- Lampard. Pirlo, I think it was I more, why, but... more than Lampard, but... Yeah. And Gerard, uh, when Gerard came, like... Yeah. People didn't really yeah. care about Gerard as much. Well, LA, I feel like LA has, like, a pretty, like... Their, their attendance... No one care when Robbie Keane came either. Oh, oh, I mean, that's true, but Robbie Keane has a shout for the best MLS striker of all time. Not saying he is, but he has a good shout. Nah, Josef's better. Talent-wise, or, like, if we're looking at numbers, if you're looking at numbers, <laughs> like, Robbie Keane, like, for sure could be... Goals per game was more. Probably Josef, but as exactly. of right now... So there's, there's case in point. Oh, just, like, at least is better than Almiron, right? Yeah, yeah. Apparently, apparently with expected goals and expected assists. <laughs> well, I'm not saying expected goals. Goals per game is just uh, no, no. Uh, I know this I is know. production. I know. All right, don't don't hate on Robbie Keane. All right, he, he, <laughs> he's got some chips, man. Like he came here and won some chips. Um, and we'll wrap it up here with the Gold Cup groups have been announced. I don't have them on me. Maybe you do, Chris or Greg. But U.S. though are in a group with Trinidad, Tobago, Guyana, and Panama. First thing that came to my mind was, damn, I can't wait to see a U.S. bomb out of the Gold <laughs> Cup. <laughs> um, and yeah, I have the rest of the groups. Pop, yeah, say it. Uh, group A is Mexico, Canada, Martinique, Cuba. Group B is Costa Rica, Haiti, Nicaragua, Bermuda. Whoa. Group C is Honduras, Jamaica, El Salvador, Curacao. Oh, and then we're the last group. Sorry, MLS populated Group C. Yeah, that Group C, Group C is gonna be a toss up because I feel like, I feel like all of them are pretty evenly matched. No, I feel like Jamaica is like. I think Honduras is better like than Jamaica. The, I think Jamaica is like a level above all those teams. Nah, not at the moment. Yeah, I Jamaica think so. hasn't been good. Like since Kamar scored that goal against Mexico. Yeah, they haven't been like over the past two years. They've been kind of struggling, and. El Salvador beat, they beat um, Paraguay 2 nothing, and they beat Jamaica last international break. So I don't sleep on El Salvador. <laughs> I'm wearing my El Salvador jersey all summer. Um, yeah, do you guys think the U.S. will get out? I don't know. 
I think they will. I think they will, but it's just Berhalter got them like Berhalter. Yeah, I. We'll wrap it up on what 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 do you think about Greg Berhalter and what do you guys like about what he's doing? It's just too early. It's too early. I like. I already like it. The, the, there's already yeah, but everyone system. everyone liked it in the beginning with Jurgen, and then like after like, a while, Jurgen, it was Jurgen. It wasn't what we were seeing like by like we, nobody was like, oh wow, like the the tactics, like guys have like roles and stuff. We see that ringer piece come out, and we're like, oh shit, nobody have a role the yeah. for the whole time. He was they were winning games just because like the team at the time was like still okay, you know, still all right, and. And uh, maybe there was some excitement there and, you know, some change that just – I I don't know. I'm excited. I think the U.S. could win Gold Cup, but, you know, if, if one bad result against, like, TNT, you know, <laughs> again. <laughs> again, and I wouldn't be surprised if they somehow didn't get through. Would you fire Burhalter if they didn't get through the group? No. Yeah. I wouldn't. Oh, you said no, the group. That's not, group. That's not oh, a group. That's not a group maybe. that they should really struggle with, though. The group maybe, but if he doesn't win it, like if he loses in the final with Mexico, like that's yeah, not a big deal. I, but I think if if they don't play well, maybe. Or if maybe. they beat, if it's uh, a Ghana and then no. lose to the other two. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think so, but we'll we'll see, we'll see. All right. That was episode 54 of That's No Metro. The Rebels, again, they're playing this Sunday at 7. And we'll be back to talk about it next week. So stay tuned, guys. Enjoy the game.